We're going to have Netanyahu step out for a second, okay, Alex? Oh, he's going to go? I'm leaving for now, too. You're not only an artist, you're a comedian. Why would the Zionists be killing Jews in mass in Israel with the poison shot? Because they work for Satan. They don't work for God. Exactly. So they, they create atmospheres that get Jews persecuted so they can control the Jews so they can kill them. But what I'm going to say is the Jewish media has made us feel like the Nazis and Hitler have never offered anything of value to the world. Hopefully you're going to take the mask off because this, is this actually yay here? <laughs> I've done a lot of study. I think Hitler was a really bad guy and I repudiate what Hitler did. I, I like Hitler. I, I don't like Hitler. I know you're trying to be shocking with that. I'm not trying to be shocking. I like Hitler. I do not. I the the Holocaust is not what happened. Let's look at the facts of that. And Hitler has a lot of redeeming qualities. So tell us, you love, think you think everyone. Hitler was the good guy in World War II? I think culture is controlled by the Zionist media. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. It's like he had a really cool outfit and stuff, and he was a really good architect. And and he didn't kill six million Jews. That's just like factually incorrect. <laughs> oh man, well, I have to disagree with that. You are something else. Look, you look really friendly and nice, but that mask, you look evil as hell. Welcome to Media Roots Radio. This is your host, Abby Martin. And this is your host, Robbie Martin. Thank you everybody for tuning in to our podcast that we have been doing for <laughs> longer than the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> That's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, but I was actually looking it up. I think Mark Marin actually technically... So, like, uh, we're, our whole stance of, like, we've been doing this longer than anyone else, not necessarily true, but I feel like as far as political podcasts go, like, we were kind of one of the first, which is sort of crazy. But just in terms of podcasting goes, there were a lot of other podcasts, but... I, I still believe that we were among the very first political podcasts, which is which is pretty rad. It is pretty rad. Why did we even have the idea initially? I think because, because podcasts were not a thing. I know. Well, I think it was just because we were like, um, we would just talk. We would ha we would get into these really long discussions whenever we would see each other. And we were like, we should just start recording these, um, and then that's kind of how it started. Oh, I was so. just going to have you explain why we call ourselves Media Roots Radio, which may seem redundant to some people out there. Well, yeah, in case you haven't heard this explanation before, uh, we did, we were on the radio originally. Um, we, I think we actually maybe didn't even post our first couple episodes online because we were linked up with like a shortwave radio station network that was like we heard of via like the whole Alex Jones world. Um, and I think that this person actually reached out to you and offered a slot on their shortwave radio broadcast. So we were like, sure, let's do it. And we, you know, we started giving them our episodes and I think we realized that they weren't like, we realized they weren't airing at a certain point. Like they, they either 
just kind of slept on our when we sent him emails or something. So we were like, shit. Like we 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 were excited to be on the radio, but we just kept the name after we stopped actually being on the radio. Um, and that's just how it stuck. But yeah, so we actually, I mean, oddly, we did start as a shortwave radio program. Um, and I don't, and I I can honestly say I have not had a single one of our listeners be like, hey, I remember hearing you guys on shortwave radio <laughs> 10 inspired, years ago. Yeah, Inspired by the legend himself. But it was Mr. there. Alex Jones. It was there. We weren't doing nine hour broadcasts like Bill Cooper used to do on shortwave, but it was there. Um, the cool, I mean, I guess the cool thing about shortwave it is FCC regulated technically, but it is like the most open-ended, free-form, do-whatever-the-hell-you-want like radio waves out there. Like you could right now just start doing a show as long as you want, marathon it on these free airwaves, and other people could tune into it all around the world if they have a good enough um, you know, ham radio or, or shortwave radio receiver, so... Yeah, it's pretty cool. And you could also, just as a cool trick you can do, if you want to just explore shortwave radio bands and don't have access to one, they're kind of hard to find on the used market. Um, you can still buy them new, but there are apps, like phone apps and websites you can go to where you can actually tune into shortwave tuner and like find specific re- frequencies yourself. Like if you've heard of a channel, you can type it in, you know, the exact number um, and it'll and it's actually receiving a real time shortwave signal, so it's pretty cool. Yep, I don't know how much good shit there is out there no. now, but uh, it's mostly really weird shit. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I've never randomly. I'll I say mean, there's I've, enough weird shit on AM radio. I can't. Yeah. Already, it's like I can't imagine what is being pumped into the shortwave lines. Well, sadly though, I feel like AM radio's weirdness is largely dead in the sense that. Besides a few local affiliates that are still out there, like I hear New York local AM radio is still like pretty local feeling and stuff. I mean, the Bay Area local AM radio affiliates are like almost all gone. It's it's like just all Sinclair, pretty much like or just large conglomerates. Like even Mm. like ABC affiliate KGO, you know, which is like a local ABC affiliate. That's gone. Like that's pretty much gone now. It's still called KGO, but it's not. It's none of it's local. It's all just like a corporate takeover. You know, at the very least, these affiliates were like locally tapped in and would hire local people, and it was like locally focused. But it's it's pretty much gone the way. What I'm saying is gone the way of FM radio. It feels like that when I listen to it now. Mm-hmm. Like ten years ago, you'd still have Art Bell. You'd still have like Ramp. You know. Bernie Ward, uh, the guy who went to jail for... Wait, Coast to Coast is not on anymore? You know, it might be, but it's not... It's not Art Bell. I mean, well, it's not George Norrie. It's not Art Bell anymore. I don't know who hosts it. Um, But there's nothing... Mm. I feel like most of that stuff, most of the weird stuff, you know, that people would listen to AM radio for is mostly podcasts now that people seek out. So it's kind of an end of an era, sadly. I wish that someone had an AM radio or just a pumped in like the best most obscure podcasts and just had them i know streamed like constantly on the radio i would like much rather do that than seek out all of my own podcasts and generate some sort of fucking grand playlist like it's just kind of stressful it's there's Um, a lot of regulations to follow like you cannot swear on mm, am radio you cannot um you have to do certain amount of breaks 
Um, there's but on AM radio, you have to do breaks. Well, you you have to yeah, you have to like give updates. I think once in a while about like the time. There's there's all these weird rules with AM radio, yeah. and on top of that, you have to own a very powerful antenna and have to buy the space on the radio. I mean, it's right, very expensive. Right. Pirate radio still exists, um, and I I encourage people to you know experiment with that. Um, I always had this idea of like doing a mobile pirate radio station on, you know, using the NPR signal, like the FM signal and driving around like Berkeley or liberal areas like in the Bay Area and just beaming our shit, <laughs> like in, instead <laughs> of NPR. Um, because it's, yeah, if you get caught running a pirate radio, it's like huge fines, huge, right, right. huge fines. Well, Robbie, uh, you know, speaking of just legendary pirate radio, shortwave radio people who have really changed the game here, uh, you know, a lot, a lot has happened with AJ lately. A lot of crazy shit has happened. <laughs> I mean, since the last episode we did about Yi, you even did a private Patreon-only episode in the interim period between our last public episode and this one, where so much shit has gone off the rails since we've we just have to cover it. I mean, I haven't heard anyone really dive in other than just kind of, you know, posting random clips here and there and just kind of laughing at them. And I just can't wait, man. I mean, it is, it's it's like watching a movie. I mean, it's really stranger than anything I could have ever predicted happening. And I'm fucking here for it, man. I love it. I am too. And I, and I don't, part of me is like, you know, worried that he's going to do something to harm himself and stuff like that. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also nervous because it's, <laughs> it is very, very strange. <laughs> he's too much of a narcissist, man. I don't think that he could, he will ever do anything to himself, but who knows? You're right. Yeah. I mean, at the point of like, I feel like he's very close to losing custody of his children. That I yeah. totally agree with. And like, I don't give a you know, I, I don't think that's his intention. You know, it's like, I mean, I'm just, what I, I guess what I'm saying is if he doesn't actually hurt himself physically, he's going to hurt himself in a lot of other ways that is pretty shocking. Um, and it's, it's almost sad in a way, but it's also, I can't help but be very entertained by the spectacle, the s spectacle <laughs> of it all. And it feels like watching the Charlie Sheen tiger blood thing all over again, but like way more. It's way more heightened. I mean, especially because heightened. of the, the circumstances. The political setting yeah. today is so much more surreal. So to <clears throat> see this all erupting is quite fascinating, to say the least. I feel like, I mean, this is the best we have. We don't have the gladiator fights anymore. We don't have the pits, alligators fighting, you know, prisoners and stuff that we can watch as Romans. So this is, uh, you know, Empire Baby 5.0. This is our spectacle, baby. Let's do it. Let's embrace it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at first I was saying, I was thinking that Kanye, his biggest mistake was basically like, you know, textbook, like right wing talking points. Um, but that wasn't, it, it, you know, in my opinion, that was more just like a Kanye, like punch it up, like get something more interesting to say. This is not this, none of this is new. Everybody's already heard this shit. Like, you know, if you pay attention to right-wing media, you've heard these talking points pretty much forever. Um, it's They're not captivating. Even if he's trying to, like, move the needle, like if he's trying to get the black community or whatever to see that liberalism or the Democrats are bad, it's, like, not going to... It's just not going to be effective, even if that was his goal. Like, Kanye, like, do... So, I was, like, trying to... 
in my head being like, you know, you're better than this, or at least I thought you were. Like, you seem more creative. You know, why are you just regurgitating this stupid ass fucking boilerplate shit? And I guess my my wishing that, um, I guess came true in a way that was like much more and crazier than I wanted it to get. Where it took a turn from being boilerplate generic conservatism MAGA <laughs> stuff to being over the top anti-Semitism to the point where, like, what happened in between? Like, how did it go? I'm still confused sitting here. And I don't know if you have any insight on this, Abby, is how it went from that, the boilerplate Candace Owens, MAGA conservatism, to over the top levels of anti-Semitism. Where was the in-between? What happened in between there? Because besides Nick Fuentes, who I know you want to talk about a little bit, there are really no other people on the MAGA side of things who are large figures who espouse overt anti-Semitism. You could argue that there is maybe some technique to the dog whistling that they've been doing about globalists, Soros, but even if that's true, even if that's intentional dog whistling, it's not meant for the majority of MAGA people. It might only be meant to dog whistle to those like actual fringe neo-Nazi people. Like I am not under the belief that most MAGAs have like some secret underbelly of like anti-Semitism just waiting to explode out of them. I would say that in terms of the people they do discriminate against or are prejudiced against, Jews might be like 10th down the list, you know, as far as if we're talking about what minorities or people they actually despise or find problematic. I don't even think Jews oh, make yeah. the list I mean, for most of those people. So where do you think it, this it emanated from? Like, do you have any idea? Well, several, several things. I mean, Nick Fuentes, even though he is a white nationalist and anti-Semitic in terms of the dog whistling rhetoric, that is quite strong. He, he himself does not no, he doesn't go that far. Hitler. No, Hitler was great. I mean, it's so it's so cartoonish. I honestly, at first, I thought it was like an Andy Kaufman performance art, <laughs> which was giving him way too much credit. Um, but then I started to dig a little bit deeper, and I realized that he has been saying this stuff for quite a while, Robbie. Ever since 2018, he wanted to name his his Donda album. Wait, what? After Hitler. Um, yeah, no, I there's there's so much there, Robbie. There's several interviews that he has given over the course of the Trump administration and beyond where people have edited out You're right. similar well, commentary TM, to what he did on Alex Jones. One that, which Yeah. Yeah. So the one the infamous interview where he said yes. it sounds like slavery was a choice. Four hundred years slavery was a choice. They edited out him saying, I love Hitler. Which Hitler is fascinating because isn't Harvey Levin the guy who runs TMZ who's like in the mix as being, you know, like the, if you've never seen a TMZ video, it's like, it's not just like a, a viral video that they clip. It's like them in an office, like discussing the video, like yelling to other people at the desk. It almost has like a reality TV show feel to. You would think yeah, it would the be the most salacious story ever like, for them to get a hold him of. For him to, and he right. would have been the one to editorially make the decision to clip it. Why would they have clipped out one of the possibly the most sensationalist clips that they ever got recorded in their own studio is is sort of baffling to me. Well, it and it wasn't the no first way. time. David Letterman, after the late show on his yeah on his news show, 
he also edited out anti-Semitic comments and pro-Hitler comments from Kanye. Um, we know the weird shit that was edited out of the Tucker Carlson interview. Certainly nothing as direct as this, but but questionable things that could be deemed anti-Semitic. So people have been covering him, and who knows how many other instances there are. People have been covering for him, even Jewish people, um, other people in the media, <laughs> other, <laughs> other Jews controlling the media, um, for years and years. I don't know if it's just because of his wealth and notoriety and power and influence that people felt like they had to run political cover for him, even when he was being anti-black, overtly racist, crazed MAGA person. It still was aided and abetted to to try to doctor his image to make it seem like he wasn't anti-Semitic. It is very strange, Robbie, but it kind of just further solidifies the fact that this was not just some one-off manic rant. I mean, he he was very lucid before all this happened. He's been talking about this stuff for years and years. A, a lot of confidence close to him have come out um, anonymously now because of fear of reprisal. And plus, I think he makes a lot of people sign NDAs. But they've all said that he's been praising Hitler and talking That's about Hitler for years and years. And it gets it gets way, way crazier than that. I mean, maybe not way crazier than that, but it, the porn stuff is really nuts. Like, there's so much here that really reveals the kind of person Kanye really is. And um, I guess, yeah, how did he go from, like slightly kind of touching upon this to really the full embrace. I mean, I think it was just the mask off and the notion that he had nothing to lose and he was just going to go full balls to the wall, like being attacked by the ADL. Um, the fact that just overnight he seemed to think that Candace Owens was being puppeted by Jews, AKA um, Ben Shapiro, that she was not nearly as far right as he would like to attach himself to. So he dives into the hands of Nick Fuentes, a generally unknown figure and certainly not no. a well-embraced figure. Well, he's only embraced among, like, by what right. is known as the Groypers, um, which are unique from the rest of the MAGA movement in the sense that they are openly anti-Semitic. Um, that is really the only thing that I know that defines them. Uh, I don't know if Nick Fuentes is really the head of this movement or not, He's only just just for the record. I think he's only twenty four years old, which is, which is just absurd yeah, to think that young. this really like he's almost reminds me of like a Ben Shapiro s figure. It's like he seems very robotic. It's like where is he getting this stuff from? Does he have some kind of mentor that's like trying to launch him out there? I don't really know, but it is weird how young he is and how much even before this Kanye thing, he was getting a lot of attention for being like one of the more offensive or you know despised maga people other than the anti-semitism and the overt racism like he has you know said the n-word like they're they're trying to get the n-word vote and things like that on his show he has said openly racist things there's really not that much more actually unique about him or even interesting about him other than that uh he's actually like very evangelical christian acting to the point where it's like it almost just seems kind of cartoonish it's hard to really believe that he's actually coming from there but what's fascinating is is as anti-semitic as these people are and actually nick fuentes is also very openly anti-israel he love they love trump like they worship the ground he walks on still 
And I remember the only interaction I had with Nick Fuentes on Twitter. I'm like, I don't understand. How are you guys so act like you're so anti-Israel, but yet you just kiss Trump's ass all the time? And you just like instantly blocked me. Um, and apparently this is something that he's very sensitive about. Is like he doesn't like when you point out that Trump was completely like in bed with Israel. So it's a weird contradiction that this movement even exists at all. It's like one of the most pro-Israel presidents who put the Jerusalem, who finally did the Jerusalem embassy thing, is beloved by the Groypers. Um, I think it just because it overshot. I mean, it hit the importance sure. of Trump as a figure to their movement, you know, is so much greater than their. I guess so. I mean, it, Israel, that's I the part that's confusing to me, and a lot of these people still reside on like you know, the fringes of the internet, like 4chan and places like that. A lot of the groypers will still post Peppy the Frog memes. They kind of almost remind me of like old school alt-right people with a dash of anti-Semitism. More unabashed, yeah. I mean, the the thing about Nick Fuentes is that unlike a lot of the other groyper people in the movement who are more of the 4chan, you know, they thrive on forums like that where they're just totally mask off and even, you know, possibly could be committing acts of violence the people who will go on to do that shit nick fuente has decided to um as kind of i guess you could call him some ideological leader in this movement he decided to try to move the republican party as far right as possible so he is very close with people like michelle malkin other people who are high up in like the influential media world and politicians like marjorie taylor green who has um I, maybe she actually had to come she out did. and, and yeah. rescind her endorsement of him. But anyway, he – oh, she did. Okay. But he definitely um, works with people yeah. that have power somehow. I don't know how he has, but he's very young. But you're right. I mean he's said really crazy incendiary things against prominent people like Steve Bannon, called him a fat retard um, that goes on shows saying we have to have African-Americans voting 50% for Republicans and we're going to flood the – yeah. zone with the n-word votes um so that's that's something that he said in january of this year he also basically has said over and over again people need to kill the globalists people need to kill the globalists infamously was a speaker at the unite the right rally in charlottesville mm -hmm. jews will not replace us you know that that great moment in time good people on both sides um, but one of the more ridiculous things he said that I've seen circulating around, I mean, maybe we should just play the clip of him saying he's never had a girlfriend and that people call him gay because he's never had a girlfriend. But if anything, it yeah. makes him less well, gay. I could see his point. Um, should we, do you have it ready to load up? <laughs> mm -hmm. He also just looks really creepy. Like the must, I mean... The mustache. He looks, he looks like, like Hitler. Uh, I don't know. He looks no, like man. Adolf looks Hitler like mixed with a, a pedophile. pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> um, People call me gay right. because I've never had a girlfriend. I think if anything, if anything, it makes me less gay. If anything, it makes me not gay. <laughs> As opposed to less gay. Not that there's any gay, but it makes me not gay. Well, because think about it this way. You know... A gay person, gay people do date girls all the time. Real. And when I said on Elijah Schaefer's show, when they said, have you ever been in a romantic relationship? Have you ever had sex with a girl? And I said, no. <laughs> if you name search me on Twitter, as I always do, all these gay people are coming out and saying, I've had more girlfriends than Nick. I've, I've had sex with more girls than Nick. 
So like I said last week, not only is not only is that thinking flawed, but actually it's the reverse. That actually makes me really more heterosexual than anybody. If if we're being if we're really being honest, never having a girlfriend, never having sex with a woman really makes you more heterosexual because honestly, <laughs> dating women is gay. Having sex with women is gay. And having sex with men is gay. And, and you know, it's really, it's all gay. <laughs> and if you want to know the truth, the only really straight heterosexual <laughs> position is to be an asexual incel. I mean, it's almost like they've lost the plot of like, what is edgelording <laughs> attention getting and what is a joke and what is real? You know, it's like, it isn't a joke, but it also, it's like, he's, you know, look at his facial expression during it. It's like, he, he knows the absurdity of what he's saying and he's like leaning into it. It's, it's just quite bizarre. I guess the most bizarre part is what is he, is he so Christian that he's like, not like, is he, is he open to sex after marriage? That's what that's what's I'm so unclear confused. about it is that he's just celebrating the fact that he has never had sex mm -hmm. and that he never has even tried to date a woman and I don't but he's not saying I'm waiting till marriage or anything like that. He's not explaining himself. He's just saying it's actually a very heterosexual position to just never be interested in women. I mean, so. I was almost hoping that there would be like a second part of the rant and he'd be like, And guess what, guys? Masturbation is gay. Like if you touch your own <laughs> dick, guess what, guys? That makes you fucking gay. You're touching a dick. You're jacking like jacking off a dick. Like I've never touched my own dick. That means I'm not gay. Like I mean, it almost that would almost be more logical because <laughs> it's true. Like you are touch, you are jacking off a dick. Like it's kind of gay. But I mean, I guess the only other time I've seen this argument made seriously by anybody, Abby, and maybe you've seen it too, is there used to be, and there still is. It comes up sometimes. Conservatives will be like. Why are all rappers so obsessed with asses and twerking? Like, this feels gay. Like, the only, like, this is like a pathway to like anal sex and homosexuality. It's like they don't, a lot of conservatives do not understand the concept of what is known as an ass man. And they will like go off on these weird tangents about how it somehow means people are gay. So that, I mean, I kind of feel like that's where Nick Fuentes is piggybacking on, but who the fuck knows, dude? Cause he's, I mean, it just, it does seem like attention getting just over the top. But then like he says, I'm an asexual incel. It's like incels by definition are angry and filled with rage for not getting laid and feeling like they've been passed over. So it's like, I don't even know what he means by that. I mean, like, so are you just like horny and frustrated? That's because that's what an incel is sort of by definition. Right. I mean, he's also said previously just crazy denigrating things about women. They shouldn't have the right to vote. Mm -hmm. They rape isn't a big deal. Um, but yeah, so I don't I don't know where he's going with this. I mean, definitely trying to be as edge lordy as possible, but at the same time, given the context of his previous beliefs, I I don't know what to or to not believe. I choose to take his words at face value. I feel like a lot of truth slipped out there. And I guess what's um, what's sad though is like why would even if Kanye wanted to present anti-Semitic <laughs> talking points of all the people to choose to articulate them and to like come and join him on this fiasco, why him? Because this is this is another interesting thing about Yee's pivot is the virulent anti-porn attitude where at the very beginning of the Alex Jones clip, he 
makes clear that porn, like banning porn would be like his number one agenda point as president, that he was addicted to porn his whole life. It ruined his marriage. He goes off on really interesting threads about pornography, and there's a whole shitload of context there to really drive that point home yeah. about how disturbing he has been with porn and his businesses and stuff like that. But I think that this could be... I mean, the, the relationship with Fuentes maybe could be explained by that, that he has turned so anti-porn and Christian all of a sudden that he sees Fuentes saying stuff like this and he's like appealed to to this kind of rhetoric too, which is just so odd. It is odd. Um, I don't know what Fuentes has said specifically about pornography, but it it's a really strange person to attach yourself to from going from Candace Owens, which made way more sense, you know, the, another token black person doing the White Lives Matter shtick and then jumping into the hands of this crazed, young, Hitler-looking little fuckboy yeah. talking about shit like this. I mean, talking about the N-word vote, talking about how who cares about segregation, oh, they had to drink from a different water fountain, big fucking deal, grow the fuck up. I mean, just kill the globalists, like, just really um, inflammatory shit that you would think would be way too controversial and, like, not worth it, considering how small of a figure he is. But I think that it's one of the only people who would embrace Yee's anti-Semitism with open arms and double down on it on Yee's behalf. And I think that that's, that's why he obviously just went down the rabbit hole on YouTube one night, found this kid, and was just like, this kid's speaking my language about Jews and Zionists and, you know, globalists and the media and stuff like that. And so I'm just going to, like, go to him, even though it doesn't really explain the Milo thing Either. Yeah. Well, here's my. I I think that there's a little bit of strategy behind what he's doing. As as ridiculous as that sounds, because then thinking about it more, I mean, someone like Richard Spencer is has been widely pushed out of the MAGA movement in general. Like he's sort of been he's pushed been pushed completely outside in a way. People like Nick Fuentes still have like an influence block inside the MAGA movement. And it does seem like tr like Kanye is trying to gain influence inside specifically that movement. He's not trying to reach, you know, he keeps claiming he's trying to reach the kids, the youth and stuff with his, with his, whatever he's putting out there. But I don't think that's really what he's trying to do. I think that he is, he wants to gain more influence in that movement. I mean, like it all, this all started with him going to Mar-a-Lago, bringing these two guys there and saying, hey, can you want, hey, Trump, you should run as my vice president. That seems like a power move. That seems like a power play in a, just a basic sense. Like, as crazy as Kanye is, I still think he's manipulative enough to understand what he's doing in this regard. So, like, I would say he probably didn't randomly stumble across Nick Fuentes. He probably reached out to people, at maybe put out some feelers, and this is who he sort of got back as, like, this is the person he should maybe ally up with. Otherwise, it almost seems like Let's say if Richard Spencer was there on the Alex Jones show, you know, as ho horrific as he is, he's at least much more articulate and like actually knows what he's talking about more. And he's not a diehard MAGA. So there, there's a strategic choice being made here of who, like, why not David Duke? Why not some other big time white supremacist influencer? It's because I think they don't have an actual influence block inside the MAGA movement. That's, I mean, but, but I don't know if you agree with that. It seems like that's the only purpose. And Milo, he's sort of like been pushed to the, 
you know, he sort of got a little bit excised from the MAGA movement after he got caught on Joe Rogan saying that he doesn't think pedophilia is that bad. Um, and then it's like consensual basically because he was molested by like a priest when he was a, a, a kid. Um, so I th I almost feel like even bringing him back is a similar thing. It's like, look who I got on my side now, like Milo, like this guy who used to be like the celebrity, you know, sort of of the MAGA movement. Again, it it does seem like Kanye is deliberately trying to like basically knock Trump's power center off its pedestal to some degree. You're right. He, he's on the target and he knows that Richard Spencer is not cool. Yeah. And he knows that David Duke is certainly not cool. It doesn't have the same pull in these inner circles of, of people who do make up Trump's base. You're absolutely Even Louis right. Farrakhan. Why... Like, he's not... Exactly. He, he, he could... I was almost expecting that to happen, but yeah, no, that lines up with what you're saying too. It wouldn't have no. impacted this. And that's why he went to Mar-a-Lago, met with Trump, with Fuentes, and said he wanted to, like, tell Trump, like, I'm going to be your running mate. And, like, this this guy is, like, legit. Yeah. And as we know from quotes that were coming out, and I think it was a power play on Yi and Fuentes' part to be like, we're going to embarrass Trump because Trump now either has to denounce Fuentes, which is going to cause a huge rift, or he has to, like... He has to make a decision, right? Yeah. But once the news comes out of who this kid is. And that was all part of the strategy. I think that going back to my point that it's not just some crazy manic unraveling. Um, I think that it is a lot more strategic than we think. And he's pretty goal oriented at this point. He knows exactly what he's trying to do in some capacity. I yeah. mean, sure, you can... <laughs> He perhaps wouldn't be as mask off if he didn't have wasn't full manic and wasn't taking the bipolar meds prescribed by the Jewish doctor. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely the the dinner was was deliberate, and that was trying to get Trump to divide his own base. Or in in Milo, I mean, he's a pathological liar, but he did come out and say that he did it that he arranged the meeting as a way to put Trump in like between a rock and a hard place as revenge for Trump betraying him and other people, like MAGA soldiers who did everything they could to get him elected and supported him. Exactly. And there could be some truth to that, but I would say overall, the fact that Kanye was the front and center of that, it's like, you could see this as just, it's a power move. It's a power play. And like we're going to talk about later, what Elon Musk is doing also seems like it's trying to capture the same power block. Um, so you almost have like these three people right now vying for the same power position of whatever the MAGA movement was or is. It's like a, it's almost like a third position, like not within the normal realm of power in this country. It's like, you're not a media elite. You're not a, well, Elon Musk is an oligarch, but Kanye West and Donald Trump, I don't fit into that. You know, like you, I guess you could call them, you know, billionaires, but they're not oligarchs. They don't, they have this there i guess what i'm saying is there is a power position that kanye is was was or is trying to compete for and it seems like he went way too far like he could have actually if he just coasted a little bit off of that mar-a-lago meeting i feel like he could have really caused some serious damage to trump if he just sort of let it ride a little bit more um or and even right. elon musk for kicking him off twitter again um, after Elon Musk promised free speech, but I don't know if you saw Kanye's response to oh, that. Oh no, we're, we're yeah, gonna, it's we're fucking gonna, absurd. It's like, it's dude, it's all part of the timeline. Yeah, I mean, but anyways, 
Let's yeah. Let's get back to the actual. Let's let's get back to actually how crazy this shit really is. So first, you know, he now the whole White Lives Matter brigade with him and Candace Owens at the big George Floyd movie. Now it seems a little bit more obvious that he's <laughs> it wasn't just like a troll. It was like he actually you know is the kind of the black face of like white nationalism at this mm-hmm. point. Um, um, but so he he goes from, you know, partying with people like Pharrell, Jay-Z, being one of the most A-list celebrities in the whole world, married to one of the richest, most influential celebrities in the whole world. And then he goes to having hibachi dinner with Nick Fuentes at a strip mall in fucking, I don't even know where the hell Tim Pool's compound is. But going, you know, going to Tim Pool's show with Nick Fuentes, flying this little... Nazi kid around the country and just looking miserable. I mean, the photos that these people are posting to try to like boost boost their own images being like, look how cool I am. I'm hanging out with Kanye West. I mean, it just looks like the saddest cast of fucking characters you've ever seen in your life. Then it starts with the Tim Pool disaster um, where for some reason Tim Pool came out getting praises from everyone being like, Tim Pool pushed back on Kanye West's anti-Semitism. And it's like, no, dude. I mean, he barely said anything. No, he literally like talked for like thirty seconds, and he didn't even he didn't even take a stance to be like we shouldn't stereotype or anything. Like that. It's like he didn't even finish his sentence, and like as he's talking, Kanye like walks like literally walks out of the room. So, I mean, if he's an NPC, dude, yeah, he's an NPC. If Tim Pool <laughs> had the opportunity, if Tim Pool's intention was to do that, he didn't even get a chance to do that. So yeah, like right. for people giving him any praises, it's like. Come on, dude. And and Tim Pool, I mean, he is an NPC. Kanye is right about that. Like, there's, there's, it, it is very strange how much influence Tim Pool has at all. Um, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and Luke Radowski was sitting there, and it's just so surreal to see Nick Fuentes, Luke Radowski, Tim Pool, and then Kanye West <laughs> in this compound with him. Um, and and barely giving him the time of day. I mean, just walks out, you know, and barely saying. I mean, he barely said anything because he just said, "Well, who are they? Who are they?" And then Nick Fuentes was like, "No, let's talk about who they are." Like all trying mm-hmm. to egg it on, and that was really the extent of the interaction before he left entirely. And so I think that's what was so shocking about what came next. Yeah, um, and. Milo was just sort of taking a back seat, like the guy who loves to hear himself talk and is always on camera and was always front and center. It was not appearing, you know, he would only appear in like paparazzi photos or videos of him with Kanye. And that was a little bit odd too. It's like, what was he, what was he writing for Kanye to say, or how was he helping manage this scenario? What was his role at all? Like it's because it like, I don't, I didn't really hear any Milo talking points or, because I feel like Milo right. could at least finesse some of this up to some extent. It really does seem like even if there is strategy to what Kanye's doing, there's a flying by the seat of his pants uh, nature to it that is obviously also clear. Like this seem this all seems very last minute. Like let's get Milo, it, let's it get Nick Cortez yeah. together. Ali Alexander, don't forget oh, Ali, Ali Alexander, Alexander, which is now running his, I guess, his campaign, even though. I don't know if you saw this part of the Alex Jones interview. He literally gets mad at Alex towards the end of the interview and, be, and goes like, Alex, Alex, you say you say these things, man, that are liable to get you sued, man. Because Alex was like, so you're, you've announced for president, uh, what's your campaign going to be like? And then Kanye basically 
was offended by his assertion that he had already announced her president. So even though he says he has a campaign strategist as Ali Alexander, he's doing the same thing that like generic politicians do where they are running for office, but they don't, you know, they haven't officially announced yet, I guess. It's like, dude, come on, Kanye. Like, don't Wait, play really? this I game too. He just had shit out like ye twenty twenty. He has, but he could. He got mad at Alex Jones and literally threatened him on air that he could sue him for saying that. <laughs> so that's how much of a fucking yeah. It's just nonsense. It's like, dude, you are running for president. Like, what is? What are you talking about? Yeah, um, right. And after t- the Tim Pool interview, Tim Pool actually tweeted like. You know, Kanye, I really think Kanye can win the presidency. And this was like two hours before his amazing appearance on Alex Jones wearing a gimp mask. Wearing a gimp mask that was designed by none other than major, um, I believe, Spanish fashion company Balenciaga that was just in like the news for this huge scandal that had happened to them with their advertising. So... As much as Kanye may be smart and savvy enough to know what aspects of the MAGA movement to ride on, his choice of appearing on Alex Jones wearing not just one, the Balenciaga face mask that he designed, but also Balenciaga like weird expensive jacket simultaneously. And the most passionate he got in that whole interview was defending Balenciaga. It's like, dude, that's actually going to hurt you because like you have to tap into the pedo satanic panic oh, stuff yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally. can't defend Especially Balenciaga. when you're talking about porn yeah. the whole time and talking about how porn is really the exploitation of women who were children 10 years prior yeah. and how it's really ginning up like pedophilia and all of this stuff. It's like, it's really strange, especially because like you said, the Balenciaga ad campaign of children holding BDSM stuffed animals and purses and, and chains and whips and stuff. Very weird stuff. Um... And yeah, it was bad timing all around. It's also just strange that he is so all over the place, ego, egoistically, that because, like, he was basically saying that because of his relationship with Balenciaga, like, people's mothers work there, like, people's, like, good people work there. It's like, it's like, you know, no one else besides you in this hugely privileged position of being a cele- rich celebrity would, you know, would be able to have this ivory tower like defense of a fashion company like that. So it is a right, strange right. contradiction that is like not going, it's obviously not going to help him reach voters. And it's just, it's that is as fatal flaws. It does feel like on some level, this is just all an emanation from his own ego. Maybe even his turn against the black community started by, and this is totally speculation on my part, but maybe as he started to go crazier like the only people who would directly question him and confront him were black people in his inner circle. And it just became maybe such a problem for him that he's just like, fuck you, woke fucking liberal, you know? Well, it's the same Elon Musk, Glenn Greenwald um, doubling down of just their ideology becomes a core rejection of the people who criticize him the most. And so that's what Kanye... He was surrounded by such yes men that, yeah, I totally agree with you. It just became further entrenched in his, whatever his ideology can be explained as, the anti-blackness and anti-wokeness. But but about trying to gain votes, I mean, he barely gained 60,000 votes when he ran for president last mm-hmm. time. That's pathetic and insane for someone who was as high profile as he is running for president. In, um, and that was before all the Nazi shit. I mean, how many Nazis does he really think live in this country that would that would like what he's saying now? 
that's a really good question. He hasn't ever even really spoken to that. He keeps acting like he has this big influence still on the youth and the culture. And, you know, while he maybe do, did or does musically, that doesn't translate at all to like, right. like, what is he planning on doing? Like making, releasing a new hit single about how the Jews crushed him. And he's thinking that like teenagers and people listening to his music are going to be inspired by that. I don't know in his mind. That's what just makes me think that this is, yeah, it's, it's manic in that sense. Cause there's no, how does that translate? Like I was, we were just randomly in the car the other day and like his music is still played all over Sirius radio. It's it played That's all, really all over the place and it probably will continue to be, but it's like, he's not going to be able to translate anything he's saying or doing into whatever that influences. It's, it's, so it's a strange delusion he has. If anything, the, his next album is going to be completely like not marketed and like basically almost like shadow banned. Like if he's still under contract with the label, do you think the label is going to heavily market his next album? No, they're just probably just going to th- shit it out there and be like, we fulfilled our contractual obligations. Here's your album. You know, like just like Michael Jackson's last album, that's what happened to, to it. So I don't know. I just, I don't understand for his own musical career, for his fashion stuff. Like this is going to kill, this already did kill it. Like I don't, well, not, that's probably why, yeah, I mean, him saying he lost $2 billion in one day, and he's like, but I'm still standing, and I'm like Martin Luther King. And it's like, yeah, I, that's a lot of money, man. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of fucking money. How much money did you have before that? Like, it seems like he really has nothing to lose. He really is at the end of his rope career-wise in terms of his fashion lines all dropping him. I can't even imagine that he's still represented um, by anyone at this point, but... Yeah, it's really interesting because music never translates to actual political action. I mean, no one really cares like when musicians tell them to do this or that or try to influence people through their music. It's just kind of about the music and it ends at that. I don't I I think that that's never been a direct line. No, I mean not um, any I mean there may be in certain genres of music and, like Yeah, yeah. You know, there's specific instances, but as a pop culture icon, no. I mean, I, I unless Unless he wants to do a message that actually reaches people in a resonant, resonating way, this is not that though. It's 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 sort of sort of surreal. Let's go back to the the um the clip of Tim Pool being an NPC. Tim Pool is an NPC, you know, <laughs> and you're a real a real human being. So no one's ever heard of uh, Tim Pool. You know, you're the legend that is Alex Jones, and you were fighting on the front line, and now we're here with you. You got some other superheroes part of the Avenger movie, fighting for Christ. That fighting for Christ. I mean, so I, I guess my first comment on this that always blows my mind about this is what is Kanye even talking about? Does Kanye? Is Kanye having some retroactive education about Alex Jones, like way after the fact? He never talked about Alex Jones before. Or is he talking about him fighting on the front lines of the Sandy Hook stuff because he's all into crisis actors and stuff now? He doesn't explain. Yeah, it could be that. But what's all, I guess, this the most surreal thing to me about all this mainstreamification of Alex Jones, Abby, is like one of the main things that Alex Jones talked about when, when like 20 years ago was how 9 11 was an inside job. And it's, it's fascinating that the more mainstream attention Alex Jones gets like that, never, none of these like right-wing people who associate with him ever espouse that or ever express views remotely like that. And I just, I just find that kind of interesting. It's, it is odd. Um, And I, and I don't really know what that means other than 
what an odd place for Alex Jones to be now. Like that he kind of made his career off that, but yet he doesn't talk about it anymore. And, but instead he platforms people like, um, you know, who are like blatantly anti-Semitic. It almost doesn't make sense. Well, it does because Alex Jones has always been a crazy right-wing evangelical bigot. And so this, again, this, this is more important to him, elevating his profile by attaching himself to people like Ye and Yee yeah. and all these other people instead of just trying to bring up 9-11. It's like, who fucking cares if you're him anymore about that? I mean, he attached himself to Trump. It's like, if you're, if you're really going to be critical of the deep state, I mean, that's where all credibility was lost. <laughs> it's just so fascinating to me, yeah, that any, that these right-wingers can, but I guess that's the omission. It's like, none of them are like, I really think Alex Jones is like a radical, like, patriot, except, you know, the stuff you said about 9-11, I don't care for so much. It's almost like, yeah, it almost does seem like they're more willing to embrace his Sandy Hook stuff in a weird yeah. way, which is, Look at Glenn. Yeah. Well, oh, oh you're Greenwald, absolutely dude. right I yeah mean, no that is so weird abby i i mean that was the weirdest thing of all is like, like glenn, glenn apologized on behalf of alex jones gave him all the legal cover to explain himself for the sandy hook stuff and that was less controversial somehow than 9-11 truth i mean that really really uh is mind-bending right there it is but it is yeah um let's play uh, let's play some more of these clips <laughs> hold on let me go <laughs> Schwarzenegger said he loved Hitler. They gave him an award. I, I'm just saying, I don't like Nazis, and I don't like what some of the mafias are doing either. I like Hitler. <laughs> I like Hitler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that was just a little, I like Hitler, and, right before the commercial. Yeah, like literally <laughs> as the, the, the camera. With the InfoWars music being like. Yeah, the camera is like turning. And one, okay, so the next clip I think you're about to pull up, is this the one that has like the clip from uh, that Edward Norton, like neo-Nazi movie <laughs> oh, in the dude, background? I don't know. Okay. Wait, no, no, no. Hold on. Let's see. Okay, hold on. Okay, I'll tell you if it does. I'll tell you. Um, but, but I mean, let's just say there's a childlike aspect to the way that he sounds, even the way he says, I like <laughs> Hitler. He sounds like a little kid, like trying to, yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to be, get attention and like a, na like getting negative attention. <laughs> Right before the commercial break. I like Hitler. Like, so that nobody can edit it out or, like, you know, <laughs> drop the signal. I like Hitler. Okay, ready? No, this one's different. This one's not the American History X thing. We'll, we'll show that one okay. next, but this one's good, too. Hold on. I gotta watch uh, my accounts because they've been frozen by Jewish uh, banks. <laughs> so I, I need to watch my mills. Well, CNN says why people are evil Nazis, so... I mean, I, I disagree with both statements, but I get the yeah, Trojan. I don't, I don't like the word evil next to Nazis. I think we need to look at <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Just because you don't like one group doesn't mean the other. But look, I fine. love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wait, 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 I something. disagree with that. Okay, so at the end of that clip, I, one of yeah. the funnier parts of it is after Alex Jones' nervous laughter. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> He says, I know, he kind of gives Kanye an out and says, like, I know you're just saying that to be shocking. And Kanye corrects him and says, I'm not saying it to be shocking. Right. Like, yeah, I know, I really trying. mean it. <laughs> he keeps yeah. trying so bad to to give Kanye, like, an mm -hmm. out. Being like, look, you just really like the outfits, right? Or like, yeah, you're just trying to be shocking. I don't think that you really mean this. And he was like, no, I do. He's like, I do really mean this. I'm not trying to be shocking. Yeah. Stop doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I, it's like at the beginning, when I first heard the first clip, not only did I first think it was performance art and then that I quickly got over that, but then I thought, okay, the whole, I love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis because his whole thing is Christ reincarnate. And he's like 
Christ loves everyone. Christ would never abandon anyone. Christ would visit the devil and Nazis and all this shit and would like never judge anyone. I thought that he was like going that way with it at first being yeah. like no i just love everyone and so nazis included like an ultra radical just, christian yeah, 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 like yeah, love yeah. everyone love the most right. evil people right but then yeah right. just continue <laughs> but the, but it's like at the same time and this is this is what makes the whole swastika and in, inside of the um star of david so funny too is because like being jewish is a is not and like a ideology it's like it's, you're born into it you know you're it's a religion it's something that's cultural this is nazism is something that you choose <laughs> like it's a political ideology it's fascist ideology that you step into and embrace that you have the choice to do or not do so it's just such a bizarre conflation almost to just be like I love Jewish people, but I also love Nazis. Yeah. Or like, Jews are are not all Nazis are bad. Like the whole not all Nazis are bad thing. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? I mean, let's just say if he wanted to take this radical Christian, I love everyone. Jesus would have loved Nazis and the Jewish people. If that's his frame, I guess go preach that. Go go push that. But then the confusion comes in where it's like he's also saying that the Holocaust numbers are highly right, exaggerated, right. <laughs> that that Jewish bank, that Jews are like, um, like controlling, like basically conspiring against me. It's it's not. It doesn't match up with that. So it's almost like he's using that Jesus evangelical line as an excuse to just keep leaning into the topic of how much he loves Nazis, which is like, like what is like just say it. Like, what do you, it's, it, it's, it almost seems like he's trying to shield that stuff within that frame, but it's like, you're, it's just, it's just breaking outside that frame. If you're just constantly talking about the, how the Holocaust number, I would, I would like that frame way more. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would be like, all right, man, if you're going to go that, that, yeah. that far with it, go for it, dude. But yeah, then he says stuff like this, Robbie, let's play the whole, <laughs> the Holocaust revisionism stuff. This is where the cat really gets let out of the bag. He, you know, it's like he had a really cool outfit and stuff, and he was a really good architect. And, uh, and so he, you're in love with the with the with the with the with the, archi the, the the look of it. And he didn't kill six million Jews. That's just like factually incorrect. That's Guys, so get the Ronald Reagan clip. They said the next thing. Sorry, go ahead. Ronald Reagan said. <laughs> Alex that Jones just. Well, I think Hitler did it. target and kill some people. So I think you know. I think Obama killed Palestinians. <clears throat> no, I hear you. Here, here's where I think the frustration is. And Nick, you can comment on this. And Obama was not the first black president. He was another <laughs> Jewish president. <laughs> I think he was a, he he had a really good outfit and he was like a good architect. <laughs> Did you watch? Okay, so the funny part about that is that he tries to skip over. He tries to just like not ignore what Kanye says about the Jews. Right, right, and right. And then right, right. he tries to act like, uh, oh, I get your point about like what Obama did, but it's like that is not. It is very, very strange that Kanye does keep wanting to talk about the the Holocaust numbers specifically. I'm like, where did he get that from? I don't think it well, came right. from Nick. If, why didn't he explain? Why didn't he explain himself? I mean, if you're going to go out and say the Holocaust, he did not kill six million Jews. That's just factually incorrect. It's like, okay, let's hear your case. You're just going to say that and never explain where the hell you're, what you're, the hell you're talking about here. I mean, it was crazy. It is crazy, and like, look, there are some legitimate critiques to give against what is known as 
I, I believe the phrase, you know, appropriately would be called Holocaust awareness. There have been people, groups who have exploited that to like basically marginalize other things that probably deem more important. So for example, Yasha Levine just posted a thing saying there are no Native American genocide uh, museums anywhere mm-hmm. like in California or like almost anywhere in the country. And yet... You know, like in California alone, there's something like three Holocaust museums or something. I'm not saying there shouldn't be museums for that, but it is It is just, it's it's overemphasized in a way that like feels sometimes like, you know, what about, you know, in California, you know, there are Jews in California, but it's like, who are the people that were fucking, you know, massacred here that, you know, d- that should probably deserve a museum that don't get it. So if Kanye wanted to go on that trajectory... I'd be like, okay, he's got a point, but it's not. That's not at all where he's going, anywhere close. Right. It's he's not even saying other people die. No, no. And then what's also alarming, and this is what I brought up in my in my solo podcast, is that he is bringing up things that sometimes we talk about, like Obama, you know, helping kill Palestinians. He brings up Zionism several times throughout this interview. He also brings up Israel. In ways that don't sound very intelligent, but it's like it is a li- that is to me the most dangerous part about what he's doing. I don't think he's cultivating like a, you know, a secret anti-Semitic sect of this country that's just ra- waiting to come out. There, I mean, maybe I could see why people think that that's also dangerous. But to me, the more dangerous thing he's doing is conflating literal, blatant anti-Semitism, classic neo-Nazi talking points with anti-Zionist talking points. And, and he's using them interchangeably. That's, I mean, yes, he's exactly. not differentiating what Zionism it's and Judaism the most, is. And it's the worst so possible thing he can do in that regard for right, right. our concerns about Palestinians and our issues with Israel. It's like he couldn't, right. in a way, Israel and Netanyahu, I'm sure, probably looking like this is almost like great for us because it's like it's the most popularized anti-Semitism we've gone in a while that's also throwing in stuff about Zionism and Israel. Yep. I mean... You know, the ADL and other people can go back and point to this now and be like, this is what anti-Semites do. They mix together, you know, critiques about Israel that maybe sound legitimate, but they really are anti-Semitic. It just fuels that paradigm. Um, that Even though Kanye said he didn't even know who Netanyahu was until Netanyahu tweeted about him because of the, the more general anti-Semitic statements he was saying weeks prior And so that really shows you how plugged in Kanye is to Israel in general. Which, if he's telling the truth, which I think he's not, like it seems like a Mm -hmm. lie, then maybe that's a good thing because he's just so out of his depth that he won't actually, you know, like, I was almost worried for a second, like, is he going to, is someone going to pass him your film or something? And then he's going to start conflating some of the things he learned from like watching your movie with you know, this horrific other rhetoric he's putting out. Um, like, cause it's, I, I think as soon as he started talking about Zionism, that became a possibility. There are not very many journalists out there besides you and a handful of other people who are really, who have really covered this beat in depth. And like, I, 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 I mean, I was worried for a second that like, you know, just like the right captured the deep state in a really strange way, I could see them, capturing anti-Zionist rhetoric for their own means. And I was, I guess for a second, I was like, I really hope this doesn't happen because this would be terrible for us. And it, it is a fascinating possibility. But when you look at more 
broadly what he was doing with the anti-Zionism stuff. It was it was definitely just using it, talking about Judaism because yeah. he kept passing it off to Nick Fuentes to talk about the Talmud and how the Talmud excuses pedophilia and it embraces all this crazy shit. It says that you can, um, like, I don't know, fucking blood libel and all these, like, crazy things with, like, fundamentalist Judaism, I guess. And he just kept wanting him to reference all this stuff to back up Kanye's insane rants about Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, the clips that were cut were just the most bizarre and hilarious and cartoonish ones of him praising Nazis. But there was a lot of other weird stuff of him having Nick Fuentes back him up. Like, it was clear, actually, looking back on it, why he wanted him there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, of course, it's really disturbing. When The second you hear people throwing out Zionism, especially in this really sensationalized way that everyone in the world is watching, it's only going to hurt our cause, and it is really scary where this could lead to. It's... Yeah, it's already, and it's already, let's say, the I titled the last solo episode I did, the MAGA Civil War. It's already leading to an internal split. There are already a bunch of people fighting with each other as a result of what Kanye has done over the past couple of weeks. And that might be, in a way, probably the best outcome of this, is that it's causing fracture points. Like you said, Marjorie Taylor Greene disavowed Nick Fuentes then people came at her, like even Lauren Boebert came at her and said that uh, she's not true MAGA anymore because Nick Fuentes is an ally. Um, people like Michelle Malkin, like you were saying, are probably, you know, going to somehow be on Kanye's side. Stephen, like I see you mentioned in here, Stephen Crowder. Mm-hmm. Other people were at first being like, yeah, like what is he saying that's that bad? Like, you know. Even Ben Shapiro was defending him at first. Yeah, even, and so like, after the turn of him just going completely mask off anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist, uh, it's caused a split. It's caused a rift. And, you know, like you even saw the Republican Party uh, official Twitter account said Kanye, Elon, Trump, right? And they kind of spelled it out right there in in an inadvertent way, the paradigm I was laying out that I do think what we're facing right now is a competition between these three people which is very surreal to basically vying for the same power position. Um, and Kanye already kind of lost his footing, but I do think he caused damage within the movement. And that I is the only good thing I think happened out of it is it caused fracture points. Um, other than that, I don't know what he's, what he's going to continue to do. I think he's already lost his influence um, to continue to even do that. But I, I don't know. What do you Let's- think? Let's play another clip of him impersonating Netanyahu. <laughs> the short one. It, it was bad. It was bad for Trump to meet with Okay. I had no. Okay, so this is the kind of shit he was doing. He had a he had an <laughs> orange fishnet and a can of YooHoo, and he's you know impersonating Netanyahu, and it's just bizarre. And people were like, oh, this is proof that he's just totally lost his fucking mind. I even saw people who are, like, generally way better um, at dissecting stuff like that, giving him a pass completely, being like, he needs to be institutionalized, like, he needs to be medicated, this is super fucked up, that people are, like, letting him have, like, a full mental break, and, like, we shouldn't be judging him, we should be giving him grace. It's like, I saw, like, almost an hour-long 
live stream of him in the car with Alexander Nick Fuentes before the Alex Jones interview of him acting super calm, prepping all the stuff he was going to do, talking about how funny it would be if he got this net and the bottle of Yoohoo and like impersonated Netanyahu. He seemed very lucid, very rational minded, very goal oriented about what he was going to present on the Alex Jones show. I mean, I, I'm not an expert in manic behavior and I'm not saying he wasn't, he's not having a manic episode, but it did, it did seem like it wasn't just completely extemporaneous. Like all of the shit was just totally off the wall. I mean, it seemed like he was just knew exactly what he wanted to do and he did it. Yeah. I think if anything, the main mental illness we are witnessing here is a very strong narcissistic personality, like cluster personality grid, like, and that, and that is not, if, if he is all, if there's also some mania mix in there, I don't think that that's what's driving it. I do think it's complete narcissistic personality disorder gone to levels that we don't normally witness as a society. Um, even especially with like the like thinking he is god and stuff like that i mean when you mm-hmm. when you think that you are that important i mean i guess that could be a sign of manic behavior and when you're already that narcissistic and egomaniacal and at kanye's level of celebrity it just like is compounded to extreme degrees that i can't even fathom yeah so i don't i don't agree with people saying like we shouldn't exploit this man's mental illness like don't do this you're this is like tragic. I don't. I don't buy into that at all. He's he's completely doing this under his own volition. He's he's traveling all across the country in private planes. Like that's something that people who are like, you know, even if you're like on a manic upswing, I feel like you wouldn't be able to be like you're. You wouldn't be able to stick to your schedule like this. You would be um, not sleeping for days on end. It doesn't seem like that to me. It seems like he's fully functional while doing this. So, And also he had several points during the last five years since we know that he's been talking like this since 2018, wanting to name Donda after Hitler and he was talked out of it. He had several moments where he could have recanted these beliefs, where he could have explained himself. Mm-hmm. Clearly he believes these things. Like that. That's what I have to stress most importantly the man, the mania does not explain the Nazism. No, it doesn't at all. And I still honestly don't know what really does because was it, <laughs> did he get in a business deal with some high level uh, business executive who happened to be Jewish that really screwed him over? I don't know. I mean, could have all emanated from just a falling out. He had at one of these fashion companies or something like who the fuck knows. Um, it's weird. Well, he read Mein Kampf. I mean, he's he's not totally illiterate with the subject. I don't think... I mean, it might not just be driven by some sort of personal falling out with some guy. I mean, it seems like he really does like Hitler. It does. and But it also... Is he just saying that to <laughs> lean into him going DEFCON 3 on the Jewish people? Because that's like... He needs to double down on that, and he's just throwing it in their faces because he thinks it'll make Jews mad. Like, what is... What is really behind? Because, like you say, he read Mein Kampf. I mean, it doesn't even seem like he's... that's according to f- that's according to former colleagues years yeah, ago. Maybe I I would say it's more likely that he he would tell people he did because mm-hmm. like I'm not I'm not going to say he's a complete moron, but it's clear that he barely can read. I mean, if you watch him trying to even read the Bible, <laughs> he can't even. Did you see him with bringing the Bible? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, almost yeah, seemed like yeah. he got a Bible from like a hotel room, like a Gideon Bible. And had no idea what 
to look up in it. And, and when he started trying to read it, he could barely read. So I just, I don't even think he's very well-versed in Christianity either. It's almost just like an ego trip for him. It's well, let's play, let's play the, I think the best clip <laughs> of the whole, the whole Can't spectacle. Wait. Let's hear it. I don't think Hitler was a good guy. I get the, uh, the Hugo Boss uniforms, amazing. Uh, but, I mean, just because you're in love with the design, you're a designer, can we just kind of say, like, you like the, the you like the uniforms, but that's about no, it. No, we, we, no. I, there, there's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. A lot of things. It's like, it's like a little kid trying to say the most contrarian thing possible when someone is like trying to let, help you de-escalate a situation like a like you're having like a brat tantrum but like you're still you're still able to maintain your cool you know listen we, we no I, there, there's a lot of things that i love about hitler a lot of things and nick fuentes it like zooms out and shows nick fuentes like grinning ear to ear like the treasure cat and he's like yes the, it is so good the way he sustains uh the vowels in the in the name hitler is like Probably one of the funniest things about that. Hitler. There's a lot, Hitler. There's a lot of things I love about Hitler. Also, where is he getting this idea? I've never even heard a neo-Nazi say that Hitler invented the microphone or was a really good architect. Oh, yeah, the highway. The highway yeah. and the microphone. Hitler was not an inventor. The German people who were under Hitler invented these things. I don't understand why he keeps... It's acting like Hitler was like Thomas Edison at the same time of being like a brutal dictator. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, I forgot the clip where he's just like, I see. He said, there's, I love things about everyone. He was like, I see good things about everyone, especially, yeah, especially. Hitler. He like says it all like, mm -hmm. he says it all like happy. Mm -hmm. He's like, especially Hitler. <laughs> I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table. Especially Hitler. In a way, it's like when he's trying to be funny, he's he's just bombing. I mean, the Netanyahu performance was a bomb. That was horrible. He was, yeah, he, was he was horrible. almost, and you can't see it, you know, because we're just playing audio clips. But he's giggling <laughs> at his own joke, and 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 Alex Jones is just like almost just like awkwardly smiling, doesn't know what to do, and it's like he's watching this guy bomb. It was bad. It was bad for Trump to meet with. <laughs> So, and in a little while, hopefully you're going to take the mask off because this, is this actually yay here? It reminds me of when Dave Chappelle was talking about uh, Michael Richards' um, stand-up comedy, how he was like. I'll tell you the truth. When I seen Kramer's tape, I learned about myself. You know what I learned? I think I'm only like 20% black and 80% and comedian. You know what I mean? And uh, black dudes can relate. You know what I mean, bro? Like when you saw that shit, you was furious, right? Black dude and me was like, Kramer, you motherfucker. Like, I was hurt. And the comedian in me was just like, whew, niggas having a bad set. Hang in there, Kramer. Don't let him break you, Kramer. If Kanye is trying to be a comedian or trying to be funny, like, that was very cringy. It's almost like the funniest shit he right. said was just that, the Hitler stuff and like, I, it was because it it's just so I, dude. I watched it a million times, and I sent it to like everyone that I knew. I was just like, I was just like, please watch this. I, this is incredible. I mean, I was so 
I loved it. I loved it so much because I hated that he was boosting Candace Owens and legitimizing all these people and that they had this huge A-list celebrity to rally behind mm-hmm. and make themselves cool. You know, and I and and it was so disgusting to see him with the White Lives Matter shit, to see him doing the anti-George Floyd stuff, and and to see him like promoting people like Tim Pool. I mean, it was sick. It was sick and so harmful. And so to see him just go <laughs> so off the rails about the Hitler stuff, I was just like, yes, like this is fucking amazing, dude. I can't wait to see what happens next. I can't wait either. And it's um it's almost like yes, he's dude. torch it all torch no, it i was just gonna say all. it's almost like he has done what well, actually what he's done is kind of noble it's like the monk who self-immolated uh, to protest mm-hmm. vietnam except he's self-immolated his entire career and legacy to talk about how much he loves hitler <laughs> <laughs> i mean okay so wait can i tell you another really crazy aspect of the porn stuff of course that i just read an article about last night okay so in a rolling oh, stone i was article, just gonna bring this up yeah great Okay, wow. So, yeah, it's called Kanye West Used Porn, Bullying, and Mind Games to Control Staff. Wow, when I read this, I had no idea what I was about to get into. But, of course, as I mentioned, Kanye's new embrace of Christianity and him making banning porn and talking about the sexualization of children and all this stuff and how he was addicted to porn. We talked about his post on No No Nut November, very crazy egomaniacal stuff about talking about how he was addicted to porn and that you know deciding to overshare that information to millions of people well it gets so much more off the rails than that according to this rolling stone article yeezy i guess yeezy was his shoe company within adidas um apparently for the entirety of this yeezy shoe line that he was managing through adidas he was making people watch porn, hardcore pornography in the background of every meeting that he had. He would just have it on his computer and say that it helped him focus. Every interview that he would direct, like a job interview with a new female employee, he would he would like show them hardcore pornography. I mean, it wasn't just females, it was everyone. He yeah. would literally show everyone hardcore pornography and also he showed explicit photos and videos of Kim Kardashian. To people yeah like i guess people who like like explicit like private like stuff that was yes, not yes like private sex videos yeah. be- of them yeah it's it, it almost i mean it speaks to a strange pathology obviously but it also to me it's like it also speaks to a, a person who's just throwing their weight around like if i make everyone around me uncomfortable it it's it makes me in the power position like it's almost like a classic technique that people in you know a lot of celebrities have done this over the decades where they're so narcissistic and maybe to us they seem mentally ill but it's almost like they do not give a shit about they don't have empathy for other people and they they do things to deliberately make people uncomfortable or they behave in ways that are just like if everyone around me is uncomfortable and scared of me. That's yeah. me being in a power position. Any at any point in a power dynamic, if the other person is uncomfortable, and the, the you know the and they're lower yeah, than them. It's, yeah, it's it's kind of a tactic. So, I mean, it almost to me just seems like a combination of his bizarre pathological personality plus that sort of power. Plus, but it's so it's so much more disturbing in the age of just like 
sexual harassment. Oh my god! Yeah, and having a male boss that makes you watch hardcore pornography. It's um, especially like a young collaborator. West had flown out like someone that he had spoken to like once about wanting to collaborate with his designs, and he said that literally before any discussion was had about work or anything, while he was in West's family room. In one of his many fucking baller mansions, he just pulls out his computer and he shows a video of Francesca Lee, a buff porn star with a strap-on dildo, fucking another girl in the ass. And he's like, what do you think of this? (laughs) Like, not laughing at all, like I just was. He just was dead deadpan, totally serious. Like, you have to comment on this and, like, appease this crazy thing that's happening before we even, like, discuss anything that I flew you out here to do. I mean, and that and that would be incredibly jarring for anybody. What would you do in that situation if you were going to meet with like a very high profile celebrity mm-hmm. and the first thing you did when you entered the room is they made you watch a hardcore porno video with like a totally straight face? You would almost, I'm the type of person who'd be like, is this a fucking test? Like what, is this, right. a, is this like a prank? What is happening here? Which in and of itself would put me on like, in sort of like a defensive headspace that would put me like make the power dynamic in his favor. <laughs> like, so it's, right. it's very fascinating and it is disturbing to think that that's what he did while he's talking out both sides of his mouth, acting like he's so anti-porn, but he's also saying he had a porn addiction. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but also there's also rumors that he's bi and he's been hanging out constantly with Ray J which he said on the Alex Jones show, the only celebrity that he's down with is Ray J. I'm down Wait, isn't with. Isn't that who had he had the sex tape with Kim Kardashian? Yes, it is. Um, so wow. it is a little bit odd. It's it's strange that the only person he claims is his friend right now is Ray J. They appear in public constantly together. There's been rumors that Ray J is also bi, and I don't know what's going on there. But and that only time. So I don't know if you know about this incident. Adidas was doing some kind of deal with him. And he had someone from his entourage film him shoving his phone in like an Adidas executive's face playing a cuckold porn video saying, this is, this is what you're doing to me. And, you know, cuckold porn, for people who don't know what it is, it's a guy, you know, usually it was considered the cuck watching or participating in sex where they're like watching their partner, you know, mostly imaginary, like fucking another man. And sometimes even like, you know, getting like cummed on at the end and stuff. It's so it's, it's odd. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that Kanye is by, I just don't know what the deal is with this. But to me, I guess all I take from it is that there's like a weird power dynamic here and everyone around him must probably, they probably feel really uncomfortable, especially at this point. It's like Hitler plus the fucking porn stuff. Yeah. And they have for years. And that's what's so crazy that Adidas just was raking so much money with this, with his hideous shoes that they just didn't care about any of this. And what's even more hilarious to even think about is the scenario where he's showing Chinese executives in China who are showing him like over Zoom or whatever, the, sh- the new shoe design, and then he just starts playing porn to them. Like that's, I mean, it's just crazy to think of like random people in China that they're like doing business deals with Adidas and then they, and then he's like, hold on, you have to watch this yeah. first. I mean, it seems... <laughs> It seems predatory. It seems strange also. Like maybe he does have a fetish for it. 
like making people for like seeing yeah like like humiliating people or something yeah i mean there's a power dynamic to it you know it's like louis ck yeah. saying like hey can i jack off in front of you like or right, whatever right, he used right, to right, do right, 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 right. there's yeah, a power yeah. for sure a power yeah. dynamic to that um that yeah it's i i would guess that kanye probably does get off on it or something i mean it's strange it's, man it, it's incredible um i yeah, it makes the Kardashian family look quite bad, too, because if he's been praising Hitler for this long, it's like everyone knows who he is and what kind of person he's been. So none of this really can be excused away anymore. Um, what could come out of this, like you said, this kind of civil war type, you know, split in the MAGA movement. Um, we're already seeing Steven Crowder, Ben Shapiro, people who were super pro Kanye at the beginning doubling down now i mean the fact that steven crowder has to make videos now saying can we all agree hitler is bad um it's just pathetic it's pathetic candace owens hasn't even gone that far she just released a really bizarre video where she was like i don't i don't have to agree with anything with everything kanye says she like didn't even want to denounce <laughs> nazism um and uh probably because so, he, yeah, like, I mean, she knows that he still has the power to partially ruin oh, yeah, her. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, of course. So what could happen coming out of this is I do think that overall it's a net negative um because Kanye is still so revered by tens of millions of people because he they see him as an artistic and musical genius. I think that just aesthetically it could make Nazism more palatable even if it is in an edgelordy way. And that's what I think is just kind of gross. It's like folding in just the actual open embrace now of Nazism and fascism into like cool aesthetics in a way more overt way than Milo did. Um, and so I think overall it is a net negative, even if there is some splintering now that could be really good. Assuming you want to jump into this next, but partly the reason it's a net negative is because by comparison it makes Trump... And Elon Musk seemed like a reasonable variant of this power player. Um, right. And that's also dangerous. And, you know, I saw a lot of people saying like, oh, my God, this interview, you know, made Alex Jones look like he was the mm -hmm. sane one and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that is a danger to make to have someone out there that makes these other people seem safe and tame when they're also very dangerous. I mean, especially Trump and Elon Musk. Just kind of say you like the you like the uniforms, but that's about no, it. No, we we no. I, there's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. A lot of things. There's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. Hitler. A lot of things. There's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. Hitler. A lot of things. A lot of things.